Hey everybody, this is Jimmy. Welcome to another episode of the Jimmy Tingle Show. We are so psyched for the holidays, ladies and gentlemen. I got the spirit in me, and I especially have the spirit in me today. Because right now I'm going to introduce to you Reverend Kate Laser. She is the pastor of the United Church of Christ, focused on building community with unhoused and food insecure neighbors right here in Cambridge. She serves at First Church in Cambridge, where she directs the weekly Friday Cafe. Ladies and gentlemen, please, without further ado, welcome the one, the only, the lovely, the talented, <laughs> Reverend Kate Laser. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. How are you, Kate? Doing great. Doing, Good. doing, it's doing busy- really well. I'm in a great December. Great. It's a busy time of year for the church, folks. It sure is. Lots going on. And your church is really, really active in all sorts of social justice causes. And t- tell us about what the First Church in Cambridge does. We were one of the first churches in our area to become completely LGBTQ affirming. We have been working hard on racial justice issues, uh, a variety of social issues, sanctuary uh, during the time we were really worried during um, the 2016 and on about immigration issues. We helped uh, family shelter in a local church all kinds of stuff. But one of the main focuses of our church has been homeless ministries and serving unhoused neighbors. Mm -hmm. And is there a large homeless population in Cambridge? I mean, I live here. I see quite a few folks, but from your perspective, is that the case? Yeah. On any given night, there are about 600 unhoused neighbors, some in shelters and some on the street. Just in Um, Cambridge? Just in Cambridge. 600 people. Wow. I had no idea it was that high. Mm-hmm. And so what does the homeless ministries do? There are so many ways of tackling homelessness, and we, we just address two of those ways. We have a homeless shelter in our basement that has been going since about 1987. It's 14 beds. It's men only because we have limited space. But what we're doing with that shelter is giving men a place to land, giving folks a place where they have their own bed, they're safe, they can store their stuff, they can shower, two meals a day. We're open 365 nights a year. And this shelter is specifically focused on transition. So it's for guys who are trying to move on to the next step and to get their own housing and get stability. Mm-hmm. What would you say the average length of stay in the, uh, in the transitional shelter is? It can be as long as a year or even longer, because even when people have been approved for housing, often the wait is very long. And so a lot goes into just trying to secure housing and to wait for that to come through. We have a housing navigator now through a a city church partnership, which means that we have someone whose whole job it is to try to help people move through and navigate the housing system. And what would you say the background is of these folks. Are they from Massachusetts? Are they from other state? Are they from other countries? What would they're, you say? They're the from Massachusetts. Is? Most of them are from the Boston area. Some have lived here for a long time and some have moved here more recently, but people come from all different kinds of backgrounds. Many are working, many have jobs. They just don't have keys. Um, and, you know, some, some have uh, struggles in their background, health struggles or mental health struggles or substance use struggles, but um, some have just had a run of bad luck. What always struck me is I grew up here in the city and I would see from time to time, and it's not an isolated incident, I would see kids that I went to grammar school with on the streets. Yeah, I would see kids from the neighborhoods. 
and I know their history, and I know how things could have had had they gone differently in their childhoods. Yeah, yeah. things may have turned out differently. Yeah, they got you know some of them just had you know alcoholic parents, or one parent, right. no parents, no you know nobody home. Literally, some of the circumstances were really really hard, and uh, but I would see them. And, you know, you see them on the street and you don't know what to do. And I, I've always felt really like I should be doing something for these guys. And I, I never knew really what to do. Um, yeah. What would you suggest is something that people can do when they see people out there asking for money? Do you give money? Do you not give money? I always would stop and talk and say, how's it going and everything. And they were always friendly and they didn't seem like they were in great despair or despondency. Mm -hmm. But. You know, I know that they, they preferred not to be in, in a shelter or on the street, but what do you think the right reaction is? It's an individual choice, but I don't think it's ever wrong to give money to people who are on the street. What they do with it is their business. If folks are, um, are you know, many people have, have phone bills to pay or storage unit bills to pay. People, they want, the, they want to be able to buy, make have their own choices about what they eat and not necessarily give what's handed out to them at a soup kitchen. You know, it's, there's, there's some dignity in having your own spending money. So I don't think it's ever wrong to do that. Some people prefer to give gift cards, a Dunkin' Donuts card or a McDonald's card for five, 10, 20 bucks. Really helps people get out of the cold for a while, gives them a place where they have a right to be. And that's really important. A CVS card, everybody has stuff that they need to buy. So these these are useful and you can donate these kinds of things also to your local shelter or program. First Church accepts those kinds of cards as well. Mm -hmm. I know one of the biggest drivers that I, from what I can tell, and I know Mass and Cass is a, it's its own situation down in, in, in at the end of the other end of Mass Ave. But one of the big problems is I would see kids, one guy in particular who, who just got out of jail and he's they don't give him anything they get yeah. no follow-up you know like yeah. you do three years and then you're out and right. they end up in the shelter so the shelters are are like this conglomeration of people down on their luck some with other issues substance abuse mental yeah. health whatever some are just released from jail some have lost their job i mean so that's a that's one of the biggest problems isn't it yeah, it does seem like we sometimes kick people when they're down, you know, like folks have served their time, but they're still serving their time out on the street, right? And it, uh, under those circumstances, it's not hard to end up back in jail. So it can feel sometimes like a bit of a revolving door. I sure would like to see more services and systems in place that help people who have served their time move on and 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 get get reestablished mm -hmm. and be able to find work. It's really very, very hard to pull your life together when you're on the street just trying to survive. Yeah. And and not even having, if you don't have the simple basic thing like a driver's license yeah. or an ID That's or, right. you know, just the simple basic uh, things that you need to live, yeah. just just $100 in your pocket. You know, right. these folks get released with nothing and it's just... Uh, yeah. It's not helping them and it's not helping the rest of society either. Yeah. And where are you going to put your work clothes if you're expected to show up, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and work a job the next morning? And how are you going to do your laundry and where are you going to hang your clothes or iron them? Right. Tell me about how the, uh, the gentleman in the, in the shelter at the church, 
how what is their reaction to the church? Are they grateful or do they do they find that in the in the the realm of shelters are positive and a welcoming place to be compared they to really other places. They really do. I think we have a reputation for being one of the nicest places you can land. You know, you you said earlier, and I thought this was really helpful, Jimmy, that that a lot of the folks that you know who who end up spending some time on the street are folks you know have had a traumatic background mm-hmm. in some way, and that is something I think that is so. Um, little discussed is how how much of homelessness turns out to have a, a background of trauma and and the effects that uh, trauma can be very isolating it tends to turn people into loners because the pain is so great you're just holding it in um our shelter unlike big city shelters isn't so traumatizing people can feel safer there they're not being assaulted by people who are having a mental health crisis mm-hmm. or you know um, or just angry that day. It's just a safer, more home-like environment. We have a small library down there. We have, you know, showers and storage space and bunk beds, and um, it just feels a little bit more like home. It's a smaller, it's a smaller environment. Mm-hmm. And the age group in your shelter, what does that range from? There are uh, special services for people who are under the age of 24. So our guests, um, our general population, and so it could be from mid-20s up to to old age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And tell me, have you ever run into problems like where people show up intoxicated or under the influence of something or just in a really bad mood and there's ever... Definitely. Definitely. And all shelters have that. And all shelters are trying to figure out how to, you know, what to what degree can we um, tolerate somebody having an off day. But um, if it happens more than once in our shelter, we're sort of just not really equipped to be able to put up with that. And so that guest will not be able to stay there long term. But we I think everybody understands that life is messy and full of pressures. And so we really try to cut people some slack. Mm hmm. Kate and I met, uh, for those of you who are watching and listening, about two weeks ago, she was performing a service in Winthrop Park in Harvard Square for a homeless person, I believe his name was John, who had passed away and nobody knew where he was from, no relatives, no trace of, you know, his name, well, that we knew his name, but, and he died like a year ago or something. And he's Mm -hmm. been in the morgue for months, if not over a year, they finally contacted, I think some family members and they finally were having a service. And Denise Gilson from the Harvard Square Business Association got the people together because he had lived in Harvard Square for about 20 years in the, on the streets in you know, various places. He apparently, from what I understand in his background, had a nervous breakdown. He was a brilliant guy who had a nervous breakdown and could never get back into work life, home life, wanted to be outside. uh, And he slept out in the the park and for years. Anyway, when he passed, Denise, um, you know, very beautifully arranged a, a funeral service, a memorial service in the park. And Kate did the service and she was great. And there was some music. And it was a really, really a nice, a really nice uh, service and a nice touch to a very tr- tragic life in many ways. But Kate, when you see that type of thing, what do you think we should be doing as a society? Because 
one, one of the things that was encouraging about that, the police were there. And the police were there in a supportive way. And the town, you know, a lot of the business owners were there because they had seen John over the streets for years or yeah. on the streets. The, some of the restaurant owners were there because they had given him food. So all of that was really positive. And do you find the Cambridge community pretty supportive of, of people like John, but also not sure what to do? Yeah, absolutely. I actually think that Cambridge really stands out as special among many communities in that um, they they really, even the police um, have policies where they really try not to just push people aside or criminalize their behavior, for, you know, the, the behavior of being homeless. Um, just to add a couple of details, Jimmy, to the story that you told, um, a local funeral home had donated their services mm -hmm. for this for this burial, and the Harvard Square Business Association had bought a small plot for John's ashes in Cambridge Cemetery. We uh, we were we drove to the to the cemetery following a hearse, and um, there was police detail at every single intersection to 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 wave us through. I mean, it was really high honor. It was as if yeah. this was you know, a former mayor of Cambridge, or it was profoundly moving to me. And, and it was really because people like Denise Gilson had wanted to show honor and respect. I think if you start from a place of, this is a full human being, not necessarily someone whose life I understand, but a person who's fully worthy of honor and dignity and who has a self and, and, and loves and, and preferences just like all of us. Um, Cambridge really tries to make room for people. John had been actually offered a chance to get off the street and he, because of his illness, um, had never felt comfortable accepting that. But other people have been offered that opportunity and, and have taken it. We, we certainly don't have enough housing in Cambridge. We all know that. Um, and, in the, and nationally and, and especially in the Boston area, there's a, there's a housing crisis that's going on that affects people at the lowest rungs, especially hard, um, because it's really very, very hard to get back up on the ladder if you've fallen off it. Right. The uh, funeral home, by the way, was the Keefe Funeral Home. Keefe, I was trying to remember right. the name. Thank you. I couldn't yeah. remember it. The Keefe Funeral Home on Mass Ave. They're very generous funeral home, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I know other people that they have uh, supported and bent over backwards to help with the with the fees and the costs and everything because it's not funeral it's not cheap to, to yeah. at the end of your life uh but they were great do you see a lot of success stories do you see people coming through your shelter transitioning and you know for for lack of a better term successfully transitioning into a more stable lifestyle we we see both success and heartbreak mm -hmm. So we've we've lost folks to overdoses and other other causes of death um, who've been staying in our shelter. But at the same time, um, we we've we've gotten a, we've we've helped a lot of people make that transition this year. We've had a lot of of um, people getting into housing and celebrating that and just knowing what that means to people. So we're really grateful. And I know that Cambridge is working really, really hard to house people and to help people. They've got lots of uh, caseworkers out there working on this. They've got the, the, you know, the Cambridge Housing Authority understands the urgency. Um, 
And another thing that Cambridge has done that I think is a story that should get wider audience, when the pandemic hit, um, a lot of meal programs immediately shut down because of the danger. Mm. Ours, um, the, the program that I run, which is called the Friday Cafe, we were able to pivot and just turn ourselves inside out and be outside on the street. But a lot of folks were really struggling to um, to, to maintain services. This, and meanwhile, restaurants, as you know, were also in the you know in a crisis during right. the first days of the pandemic. The city did something absolutely extraordinary, which was that it reached out to restaurants and invited bids to provide meals, um, the restaurant prepared meals for folks who had been served by these soup kitchens and these community meal programs. Um, this program is, is just now wrapping up after two and a half, almost three years of pandemic. The city spent over $2 million to make this happen. It made all the difference in the world. I don't know how many cities in Cambridge would have been able to do this. Right. Well, we're very fortunate in a couple of respects. The people are good. They're politically very progressive. There's the political will in the city to do things like that. And the other thing is we're financially stable and we have the resources, the financial resources to be able to do that. And that's yeah. one of the biggest distinctions, I think, with the city of Cambridge in both respects, the political will, but also the financial resources to be able to do something as profound as a restaurant outreach and, and, and feeding the homeless for two and a half years during the pandemic. That's incredible. Yeah. One of the things I'm looking forward to on my shows, this we're doing, I'm doing several shows, well, three shows at the First Church in Cambridge, December 29th, 30th, and January 1st. Kate has helped arrange that. Um, I am so excited to be working in this church. It's going to be a lot of fun. And what you can do, and part of the proceeds are going to go to the homeless ministries. So what you do is you go to jimmytingle.com. There'll be, you go to buy a ticket for any of these shows. It's Humor for Humanity, my holiday shows. You On the drop-down menu, how did you hear about this show? You click Homeless Ministries or you click, you click First Church in Cambridge to benefit the Homeless Ministries, and they will get $10. And then there'll be another additional donation option when you check out. Would you like to make an additional donation? And if you want to give more than $10, you are absolutely uh, welcome to do so, and we encourage that. But let me just say the first $10 does not come out of your pocket. The tickets are $30. When you click the homeless ministry, when they when you say, how did you hear about the show? That comes out of our pocket, Humor for Humanity, and we, we net $20 instead of $30 on the ticket, and they get $10 out of that $30 ticket. But then if you want to, a couple more clicks later, make an additional donation, we welcome you and we encourage you. <laughs> I welcome you. I encourage you. Kate welcomes you. The Friday Cafe welcomes you. The Homeless <laughs> Ministry encourages you. The First Church in Cambridge encourages you, ladies and gentlemen. I Amen. feel the Holy Spirit moving me as I speak. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have a lot of fun, Kate, on the, on those three days in, uh, in December, uh, December 29th. December 30th and January 1st, New Year's Day at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's going to be a lot of fun. All tickets at jimmytingle.com. Ladies and gentlemen, how about a round of applause for the one, the only, Reverend Kate Laser? <laughs>
Thank you so much, Kate. Great job and wonderful we to talk to you. We got through 20 today. minutes without talking about the Friday Cafe at all. No, you talked about it, didn't you? I talked about the shelter. Okay. Tell me, Kate, what, is, what exactly is the Friday Cafe? Yeah. So the other program that we do is called the Friday Cafe. It's a weekly community meal program, and we're doing something a little different. Most weekly meals, um, we cook that we, the, you know, the, the, the program would cook the meal themselves and serve everybody the same thing. We're doing a huge neighborhood potluck every week. Neighbors cook the food in their own kitchens. They use a sign up. People bring different courses and it's just potluck style. And you, so you can, you can do your grandmother's fav, uh, famous stew recipe or your favorite brownies or whatever it is. And it comes together. It tastes homemade. It's full of love. People love this model. They love the choice and the variety. We also do clothing, toiletries, sleeping bags, stuff that people need to be able to survive. But the most important thing that we are trying to offer is a sense of warmth, welcome, acceptance, community, whatever people are going through. We hope that people will feel that this is their space. Um, even if they're raggedy, even if they haven't had a chance to do their laundry or take a shower, we are just trying to be um, a community gathering place where folks from all walks of life can can get to know each other and sit down and break bread together. Well, as you said, Reverend Kate, to break bread together, I think in your church, every Friday apparently is Good Friday. <laughs> every Friday is Good Friday and all are welcome. Even if you're not going through hard times, just come and hang out with us. That would be cool. I make a mean omelet. Maybe I'll bring my omelet. There you go. <laughs> but I have Do to bring it. a lot. For, I got to bring enough for everybody. Absolutely. No, just for <laughs> 10 or 12 people. <laughs> great. Well, great to see you, Kate. Thank you so much. And I can't wait Thank to you. do the shows at the First Church in Cambridge on December 29th, 30th, and January 1st. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for another show. And we will be back later on with more Humor for Humanity episodes coming up all of December with some of the other partners we're going to be working with. It's going to be fun. Thanks. Thank you.